listening to the Friends of Ashesi podcast. Each month, we connect with Ashesi University community members about issues relevant to our mission, Ghana, and Africa at large. Today, Dr. Enyanam Kudonu, Senior Lecturer of Business Administration, joins us to speak about ethics in the workplace and Ashesi's commitment to fostering ethical leadership. She will also share her research on Ashesi alumni, including the ethical challenges graduates face and how they are creating more ethical workplaces. Thank you very much, Amy. A concrete step uh, step was taken in January uh, 2008 to vote into action the examination annual code system in Ashesi University. The objective was to ensure that Ashesi's mission to educate ethical entrepreneurial leaders in Africa, to cultivate within students the critical thinking skills, the concern for others, and the courage it will take to transform the continent reflects in the lives of its students. The Anacode system practiced in Ashesi provides students the opportunity to practice doing the right thing always, regardless the circumstances and the environment they are in. The system was later concretized in 2011 by Mrs. Rebecca Ewa, a faculty member and wife of Mr. Patrick Ewa, the president of Ashesi University, when she introduced giving voice to values as a five-week seminar for freshers in the first semester of every year. Ashesi faculty, staff, alumni and trustees gave their support in imbibing, giving voice to values into students. Just as the Anna Code ensures students write exams without supervision, and at the same time ensure others do likewise by policing each other, likewise vices including stealing or taking what is not rightfully theirs is frowned upon in Ashesi which promotes anti-corruption practices. Other behavioral practices inculcated into students to ensure they are personally responsible and publicly accountable are ability to initiate, examine, and decide as much as possible to meet all moral and legal obligations in society for the common good and at the same time be assertive enough to give feedback to significant others in the same disposition. To be law-abiding citizens that meet human rights expectations as well as promote them. Ashesi culture frowns on cheating. Students who cheat are looked down upon and reported to the Ashesi Judicial Committee where cases are heard and judgment passed for punitive measures to be taken if need be. To use resources, including time, effectively to achieve their goals. Provision is also made on campus to ensure students keep the environment clean by not littering about. They learn to be patient enough to wait in queues for services. For instance, at the cafeteria, they wait in queues and do not jump them with examples set by the university authorities for them to emulate. 
Although the Ghanaian culture has practices including giving and receiving gifts, Ashesi students are taught to desist from such practices through giving voice to values and the ANA code. After 17 years of operation and 14 sets of Ashesi alumni released into the world of work and communities in Africa, we conducted a research to find out how they are faring in their workplaces and communities. Specifically, the research paid attention to what sets them apart from graduates of other universities in Africa, what leadership abilities they are exhibiting in the various sectors they work in. The goal of the research is to get concrete feedback for continuous improvement of Ashesi education programs, especially after its charter in 2018. We generated data from a sample of 50 alumni between 2005 and 2018, 10 employers, 10 parents, 10 work colleagues of alumni using tools such as interviews and focus group discussions, specific data were collected. We analyzed data by comparing perspective of respondents to identify commonalities for theme development and discussion. The results of the study are classified under subheadings such as inherent values, teamwork and leadership, entrepreneurial orientation, contribution to society and impact and challenges and risk students take, uh, sorry, alumni take in order to be able to leave their values. So we take the, the subheadings one after the other, considering inherent values, results show that respondents speak up when they realize the right thing is not being done. The thought of a backdoor act never comes to their minds. They make people aware of who they are and what they stand for. They take responsibility for their actions and inactions and are accountable. They endeavor to be morally upright and avoid shortcuts in doing things. They believe in giving back to the larger community. Their ethical behaviors always end them the statement, no wonder you are the way you are. You went to Ashesi University. And that the sub-team, uh, teamwork and leadership, they are assertive, able to communicate with all manner of people regardless status, race, gender, and age, all respondents, including workplace, you know, work colleagues, employers, and parents, stated that Ashesi alumni challenged the status quo and leverage ideas from members of their teams to come up with better solutions, leading to a change in their approaches to problem solving. With regards to entrepreneurial orientation, the results show that the companies alumni, Ashesi alumni work with, allow them to be innovative. They have visions about businesses and come out with new ideas. They rise up to challenges, enjoy thinking outside the box, and are innovative. They search, they research, sorry, into complex problems to better understand their causes, ask questions, and brainstorm to arrive at the most suitable solutions. 
Curiosity makes them probe more into issues than just leave them as they are. One said he effectively managed troublesome clients due to lessons learned in Ashesi University, which led to being promoted above his peers. They easily get bored during uh, doing routine tasks. As a result, those not assigned challenging tasks end up in starting their own businesses or resign to places their, where their talents are utilized. Now concerning contribution to society and impact, Ashesi alumni are making great impact according to our findings in society. Some examples of their activities are classified under the following headings. National elections. An aluminum developed and helped in the use of biometric voter verification during Ghana's parliamentary and presidential elections in 2012. Since then, other African countries, including Cameroon, Tanzania and Mozambique have requested for its replication for their successful elections. Under agriculture, an aluminous is using sugarcane residue after extraction of the juice to produce organic fertilizer, building and leveraging technology to help boost productivity among farmers. Under education, an aluminous of Ashesi has developed a software application that enables the visually impaired to review past questions in their preparation towards examinations. Also, the say aluminous is working with the Ministry of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation the Special Education Unit of Ghana Education Service and Ghana Investment Fund for electronic communication to ensure the visually impaired have access to computers for educational purposes. He is working with more than 200 volunteers to render services for more than 13 impact projects in schools, homes, institutions, and communities. Also, the said aluminous has come out with the first Africa's ever makerspace for assistive technology to provide access to quality education and inclusive employment for people with disability. Under conflict resolution, results show that an Ashesi graduate due to his experience with conflict in his community during his early childhood days, has founded the West African Center for Counter-Extremism with the objective of counteracting the foundations of violent extremism and radicalization in vulnerable communities within the sub-region. Under entrepreneurship, Anashesi Aluminos is one of the biggest contributors to Ghana's entrepreneurial ecosystem. As an employee of Stambik Bank Ghana, he is overseeing a major project to develop a system of resources for entrepreneurs across Ghana to build and sustain growth for their businesses. The incubator has helped train over 3,000 young people in a variety of skills in Ghana, while providing support for nearly 400 businesses. 
Others are engaged in startups that help connect blue-collar workers to large-scale construction projects. Some alumina, alumni started their own businesses immediately after school without adding on to the unemployment situation in Ghana. Another led new recruits to bring in over 1,000 new leads in his first quarter of employment. Under housing, some are working on affordable housing projects. Hospitality and fashion industry. Some alumni are operating in the hospitality and fashion industry. Virtual reality startups with support from UNICEF Innovation Fund. Another is helping Uber scale its presence in Ghana. Some of them are leading corporate social responsibility activities in their companies, whereas others are encouraging their peers to try to learn beyond their defined scope of work. Some have founded foundations that help refugees, young women, and others that work on charity programs that help the aged. And some have also embarked on projects that supply safe water in rural areas in their countries. These successes are not devoid of challenges. All respondents indicated the difficulty they face daily in trying to get people to change from their entrenched negative behaviors that inhibit progress. This is because some Ashesi alumni are impatient and fall short of managing people who do not have the abilities. Some are intolerant of slow movers who are unable to appreciate things that are commonplace to them. They are always ahead of their counterparts in teams, which cause conflict at times. For instance, while they want to do the work quickly and finish on time, other teammates think they should take their time to do the job. Also, they often want to think outside the box, which in some cases lead to their finding it difficult to strictly conform to organizational rules. Under cultural challenges, Ghana has a strong national culture that demands structures and respect for authority that needs to be adhered to. Some Ashesi graduates most often forgetfully call their superiors by their first names, including relating with them, with their superiors as if they are their equal, which typical Ghanaians frown on. Also, some alumni want explanation to every task assigned them, why it is important for it to be done and its use to the organization. They are strong and convincing expression of views are interpreted as rudeness instead of assertiveness. This is because the Ghanaian culture does not promote candid expression of opinions, but rather indirect way of sharing views. They are uncomfortable when they see and hear Ashesi alumni challenge the status quo because uh, to them, uh, wisdom resides in old age, so they are more experienced than these younger ones. Something they are encouraged, these are things Ashesi alumni are encouraged to do in school. A critical analysis of the data gathered also showed that there's a tug of war between doing the right thing and being socialized into inertia. 
refusing to bribe a policeman. One of them refused to bribe a policeman for a supposed traffic offense, offense but instead insisted to be taken to court. And this action was interpreted by his colleagues in the office as a strikingly odd behavior and a waste of time. They really need to have a strong character to survive the pressure of not going with the flow but doing the right thing. Employers are also concerned about Ashesi alumni because of the numerous op opportunities available to them, because every employer wants to employ them because of their performances. The fear of them terminating their appointment anytime for the numerous better of options offered them by other employers make them hesitate in placing some of them in permanent positions. Employers also have high expectations for Ashesi graduates. They expect Ashesi graduates to perform miracles, to have the solution to all problems. As a result, they assign them difficult tasks, which in some cases overstretches their capabilities, leading to frustration and stress to some of them, not all. Arrangements are underway to address some of these challenges through sensitization as well as factoring them into our course outline for continuous improvement of successes achieved so far. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dr. Kudonu, for sharing about your research and these powerful examples of Ashesi graduate outcomes. We really appreciate your good works and the good works of our graduates. Now, I would like to open up the conversation to our live audience for Q&A. Hello, Dr. Kudonu. Thank you very much. Hello, Paul. You're almost welcome. Thank you. <clears throat> I was interested when you were speaking about some of the challenges that the graduates face. Um, could you tell us more specifics about how a Shesi will train students to uh, to meet those challenges? You know, like um, the, the one that refused to bribe the policeman. Yes. I mean, that seems like a minor issue, but I've I know from another graduate that uh, some graduates were asked to do things such as um, write a paper for their boss so their boss could get their master's degree and things like that. And it, it could be put in very uncomfortable situations sometimes. Yes. And even the case of the policeman is not minor. He was delayed by the roadside for more than one hour. He had to pack his car and wait and insisted that he wouldn't give him any money. They should take him to court. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So it was also quite frustrating, but he insisted. Right. Uh, yeah, yes. And then the example you gave, yes, that you know the boss is demanding him to write a, a paper. They refused, they insisted that no. And these are, you know, this makes us realize that they are really living the values. The values. So the values that they were taught in school is inherent. It's, it's gone deep into them. And they cannot imagine themselves, you know, doing something that is unethical. And, and so they're able to maintain that position even in the face of um, bosses who don't like it. 
are they? Yes, from my research, the, 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 in fact, the respondents gave lo lots of examples. It's just because I had only 20 minutes, so I decided to, you know, su summarize. But to answer your question, some had to resign. They resigned and went to other places because, you know, Ashesi, immediately you go with an Ashesi certificate, employers knowing where you are coming from. You know, it's, it's not dip, very difficult getting a job, another job. And then their entrepreneurial orientation. While they are working for these people, they are also thinking about coming, starting their own businesses. So some of these situations push them into starting their own businesses, something small, and then gradually they grow they grow them up. So they insist, they do not mind being fired. Some hmm. the examples, those that I spoke to. When, um, when they do resign, does the Shesi keep track of the employers that cause the problems so that future graduates can avoid them? I'm not very sure we are able to track all of them. That's fine. Yes, but it's, it's something I've noted that we'll, we'll find out and then see how best we can, you know, avoid those places. But uh, at the same time, too, we also think that, you know, when one comes and refuses to do the wrong thing and, that, and then leaves as a result of that, and another comes and insists, they are attitude, their actions will have an impact on those that are push, pressing them to do the negative things. And that may bring about a positive change in them. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, and and they, are, they are also to quickly, uh, they are also aware that as they leave, they are living with a bad impression about them, which right. can, also go, can also go quite far. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Kaduno and Paul, this is Ruth Warren. I'm on the uh, Board of Trustees of the Ashesi Foundation. And thanks for the great update. Um, and I had a question, but before I get into that, I, I did want to respond one more thing to Paul's question is, ideally, you know, they really train and coach while the students are still on campus, different strategies to try and get employers to not insist on corrupt things um, rather than just quitting, because yes. the feeling is they'll do more good if they can stay and create change. But the school does informally, like they know there's certain government ministries that are just kind of hopeless at this point. But I think there's a hesitation to kind of blacklist like a big company, like a bank, because a lot of it's really going to have to do with your immediate boss or department or, you know, the whole company may not be that corrupt. And so, you know, I used to work for Microsoft and there's a lot of what we call local weather. So, you know, and I think the hope is that rather than writing off an organization, different alumni can continue to try and make headway. But the alumni all talk among themselves and there's definitely, there's an understanding of where some of the best places to work are and some places that you're probably better off avoiding.
this is Janet Graydon. Uh, I teach at Columbia. I'm also a lawyer. And one of the things I do teach is uh, I speak on corruption. And one of the issues that I have is, uh, and it was asked interesting enough by a student the other day at a different university where I was giving a presentation. Uh, how do you teach ethics? In other words, um, um, I come back. I come from a Germanic background, and uh, I find that we don't really have to teach it. Most people already know it. Uh, so, how do you teach it uh, if you uh, have to convince someone else that this is corrupt or not ethical? Uh, in other words, uh, and second of all. Is it a societal problem that you really should go beyond just teaching at the university level, but having an outreach program? We use a framework. Mary Gentilis, Professor Mary Gentilis uh, framework, giving voice to values. A five week program, seminar for freshers in the first semester of every year. So that is taught, giving voice to values. So we look at general, the global values that are globally accepted. For instance, we talked about corruption. So, you know, taking bribe for a service you are already paid for is wrong. So these are some of the things, you know, we, 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 we emphasize on. So they give their voice to, giving voice to values. That in, in that sense, they, are, they learn to stand for the values, not doing the wrong, the, 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 the wrong thing, insisting. And then aside that, it's not about you not doing the wrong thing alone. Personal responsibility, don't do it. Public accountability, also be accountable to the uh, community in which you live in. Aside that, you have to also police. When you see somebody doing the wrong thing, there's a nice way of, you know, uh, letting the person know. So that is how it is taught. And there are stages in it. I think we have, you know, seven or so principles, so many principles. This is Ruth Warren again. And um, I, my husband taught, we lived on campus for four months. So I'm, I, I'll sort of also add in from a Chessie faculty point of view, he was teaching entrepreneurship and computer science and he had to explain in his prospectus uh, you know the whole courses he was going to be teaching how he was going to be incorporating ethics into teaching computer science teaching entrepreneurship so i think it's the giving voice to values is really powerful and there's a lot of role play in it because you sort of need practice like even if it's something you learn at home, you know, most kids tell a lie and then they get caught and they have to apologize to their parents. And you sort of need practice and, and giving voice to values involves practice. It's not book learning. It involves thinking and soul searching and discussions and debate and practice. Like, um, But I think woven throughout the entire four years, is a huge emphasis on ethics in engineering. You know, why is it so important to be ethical when you design things and, you know, make sure that what you're designing will 
work properly and not harm people and, you know, be something for the greater good. And you see it in the graduates that they're so excited about inventing things for a greener, more environmental um, approach to doing things or, you know, there's a lot of excitement about uh, community service ethic uh, on engineering, like ways to design things that help people of modest means. So, so part of it is the specific things like giving voice to values and part of it is just sort of this emphasis all through all four years. Yes, and then to quickly add, uh, for instance, I teach organizational behavior and research methods. And then the third course is human resource management. In organizational behavior class, how people behave in organizations, attitudes, and so many other subtopics, ethics is factored into it. When it comes to research, we talk strongly about plagiarism. And then at the same time, too, there are so many approaches to, apart from that, when you are conducting research, you have to do it, you know, ethically. Handling the people, the, the respondents, seeing, you know, ensuring that your data is valid, authentic. So we factor it into every lesson. So gradually, so when they come to my class, I have taught a, a topic and, you know, an element of ethics is in. They move to another class, another faculty teaches another, a different topic, you know, in a different area, and they also factor in. So at the end of the day, it's like everything that is taught, there is an element of ethic, ethics in it. Um, and then we use the seven principles of uh, uh, the, uh, the giving voice to values uh, framework. For instance, the first principle is values, general values, the cho making choices, normalization, purpose, self-knowledge and alignment, then giving the, a voice, and then reasons and rationalization. So with these three, these seven pillars, we, uh, after they've gone through the seminar, in the way some of the exercises they are even assigned, class tests and the rest, have ethics factored into them. And then aside that everyday living, for instance, we could ask in organizational behavior, there are times I ask them a question about how they even live in their various hostels, uh, various uh, hostels and if they are sharing a room with somebody, is it right to pick the person's property and use it without the asking permission? So these little, little things, all these things, though they may not be significant, they are factored into it because charity begins at home. As they start practicing and making sure that they do not touch what does not belong to them, they need to ask permission if they do not have and they need, and, and they, they, they have need of it so that the owner will rightfully give it to them to use. At the end of the day, they are mindful of, you know, how to conduct themselves and what to do and what not to do. Dr. Kudono, um, I, I could add something to that if I may. This is Paul again. Um, Dr. Graydon, I taught a course, a new course called Technology and Ethics at a Chefie this past spring. And um, 
we did actually have one week where we reviewed kind of at a high level ethical frameworks like utilitarianism and virtue ethics, et cetera. So they got a, a little bit of that in that course, but it was a um, elective. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Uh, uh, this is Jennifer Braden again. A question, uh, since you have many uh, graduates who go into business as such, uh, do you also, as a form of curriculum, ask questions whether lobbying is ethical and if it is ethical, how it should be conducted? In other words, some of the, because many of us view lobbying as um, legalized corruption in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we, we haven't touched on that. I haven't touched on that. Perhaps others have, me have. But I haven't touched on lobbying. So thank you. This is another idea I've, I've, I've captured to factor into my next semester's organizational behavior course outline. Yeah, I would think that would be uh, relevant. Uh, for graduates who go into like oil and gas, particularly. It's not just oil and gas, but obviously in Ghana, that is an issue. It's also in mining, but also in a lot of other um, uh, industries. Uh, I mean, to me, it's an endemic problem um, on that. But uh, come back to a comment I made before. One is also uh, historic, uh, not, let's not call it culture per se, but patterns of behavior. And so that's why I wonder whether there shouldn't also be an outreach, because at the end of the day, uh, ethical behavior, uh, especially in the form of corruption, is a two-way street. And so you also have to hit the other side of it, uh, and not just the people who have to stand up, which would be the graduates, but you have to spread the word. And uh, that's the hard part. Yes, thank you very much for that. I, I am doing that. I work with the National Peace Council. I am a mediator and arbitrator. So, and then with my book chapter on corruption, uh, uh, embedding uh, this thing, uh, anti-corruption, uh, uh, personal responsibility and public accountability approach to anti-corruption education in sub-Saharan Africa. That's the title. I have given it to the uh, National Civic uh, NCT, National Civic Education, you know, uh, chairperson. So she has taken it and we've started. They have even started, you know, films. Uh, they, 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 I think they did the first one and they, 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 they are developing other films to educate the entire populace on corruption. In fact, on, on these, uh, on ethics and uh, anti-corruption behavior. So we are working on it. And I also, well, certain times I'm called to also give my views. And then I'm also, uh, I've also been attached to prepare and train some of the officers in National Commission for Civic Education in Ghana, Ghana National Commission for Civic Education. So we are sensitizing the public. I, I am actively doing that. Uh, 
That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I, because, and then I'm also part of the peace. Uh, I work as a resource person for the Ghana National Peace Council. So uh, during the process, these are some of the things that cause conflict. So it comes out strongly. I've just mm-hmm. trained uh, 30 people in Winneba, in the central region of Ghana. I'll be going to Western region uh, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, to train another set. So we identify the conflict spots and issues, identify issues that crop up. And then the Peace, Ghana National Peace Council assigned me the task to do that. So Ashesi, I, I also go, uh, you know, in the name of Ashesi. So we are also working around that, you know. And I'm also a member of FEMWISE African Union. So it's in conflict resolution because I specialize, I also specialize in conflict resolution because of my HR background. So um, I, um, I do that. And anytime I go around, you know, it is because I ask permission from Ashesi and I use Ashesi's this thing. That is Ashesi, part of Ashesi's responsibility to do that. And I have been going around doing that. And some of my activities are published in the daily. Uh, 11th November, for instance, the, the training I held, you know, it's published in the daily graphic of Ghana. Wow. That's terrific. Um, and I do want to say that the Ghana National Peace Council is really terrific. Um, you, Ghana, like its neighbors, is primarily Christian in the south, primarily Muslim in the north. And, you know, you look at next door, the Ivory Coast, when there was a questionable election, they erupted into a civil war. And Ghana, when they had a questionable election partly the peace councils you know they they work before during after and it wound up being peacefully sorted out in the courts mm-hmm. which is yeah. really terrific yes and we, we we work even before during before very soon we start having the the, the jingles and the distinct educating the public to 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 desist from you know provocative languages. So I uh, normally certain times, for instance, uh, the last uh, election, 2016 elections, I was made to train uh, a cross session of the of journalists for positive reportage during the elections. So we, we the Peace Council is working actively and you know I also go in, I'm I'm called upon as a resource person to support, to to, to also contribute. Wow, will you come on, to the U.S.? Of will you come to the U.S. and do that? I think we need it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm invited. <laughs> a very good point. And uh, uh, let me just add one thing that I've uh, found uh, quite challenging is uh, we use a word sometimes whistleblowers, which sounds really bad. But the question really is much more substantive. How do you get people to stand up and how do you make a culture accept the fact that people when they stand up are not necessarily uh, being uh, non-team players? There is some, that's a real issue that I found very hard. How do you get people to, like I said, just speak up and not be said, hey, you're not a team player. You should stick with us. Mm. In fact, 
this one, you know, they are not told they, they are needed in the team. But the, 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 the challenge has to do with the fact that they have worked, they are very much used to working in teams because Ashesi, from the first day, immediately they come to Ashesi, they start working in teams in all the courses, group work. So they, they have learned to do that. But the, the issue has to do with maximization of time. Out there in the workplace, people delay in delivering results. Our students have learned that time is money, so we must deliver good results, but on time. Here we are talking about, I teach my students, you know, organizational behavior and HR. I teach them effectiveness and efficiency. Add quality to what you are doing, ensure what you are doing is quality product, and then deliver it on time. So based on this, when they go out, they want to do likewise. But the system is such that, you know, they, 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 they are being pulled back. It's like tag of war. So what we are trying to do is, is to, to coach them to, to, to have exercise a little patience and find strategies of pulling their team members along. Of course, our great successes, you know, have, you know, this is not a perfect system. We are improving. And as, as now that we have empirical evidence, we are working assiduously to address these ones. So that right now it's being factored in team where in team, they, they have to learn to, 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 to slow down a little and pull all others on board. Though they are able to pull others on board, the issue is they want to deliver on time, which some people uh, you know, out there do not think is, is a, they will want to slow down progress, but which doesn't bring about uh, increased productivity. It rather uh, you know, lowers productivity. However, I realize some are gradually, you know, breaking through. They are breaking through and they are making, because at the end of the day, they are giving, you know, the best and they are promoted above their peers. Hello, uh, Dr. Kulonu. Yes. Um, hi, my name is Akwesi Edu. Um, I have a question which has to do with the field. The, the, field. Okay. Uh, the field of higher education in Ghana as a whole. Okay. And the question is, uh, Ashasi is clearly outstanding in the field. Okay. Um, you know, and I can go on and on and on, but you know what I mean. Yes, I it's do. Really outstanding. So the question is, are there any opportunities you see for Ashesi also leveraging, influencing the field, meaning other universities in Ghana and hopefully outside of Ghana, perhaps through the Association of African Universities, mm -hmm. uh, to also begin to learn from what you're doing, sharing your lessons and helping to influence the field as a whole? Sorry for the long question. <laughs> I think there are. I think there are. The question came up several times uh, in our faculty meetings as to how Ashesi can reach out to the other universities and then see how best we could, you know, 
bring them on board, share some of the things that Ashesi is doing that is making it, you know, uh, you know, setting Ashesi apart, you know, from others, other universities. So we, 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 we are strategizing as to how best we could bring other universities on board. However, there are activities that are conducted that involves some of these universities. Okay, well, thank you. Please so keep going. Are, but, but we are putting down strategies to do so. Thank you very much. I yeah. start behind you. Thank you. I'm originally from Ghana, so. Oh, okay. Ghana Thank you well. very much for your support. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next month.